Hey folks, happy Friday. Welcome to episode one of the Unkempt Podcast with Ashton York. Um, my first guest is Quinn Dean. He and I are going to be doing regular podcasts together on here called Thursdays with Quinn Dean. Good friend of mine. Uh, he's out in Chicago, uh, but we met in LA and he's just a fantastic uh, songwriter and musician um, and human, uh, super insightful and funny. And I think he and I are uh, a good pair uh, for something like this. Um, he's, he's so different than I am and uh, his way of speaking and communicating is really different and I think it works. So uh, we've done maybe four or five podcasts together and this felt like the right one to release first. Um, I'm also going to have uh, a bunch of one-time guests, uh, other artists and uh, songwriters that I've wanted to talk to, um, Danny Corbo, uh, Zachary Sun, um, Javier Torres, uh, hoping to get um, a whole plethora of local artists and also people I really look up to that I've been nervous to reach out to. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's see what's going on. I have a show at the Hotel Utah, February 22nd. Uh, I just played there on January 6th, and it was a fucking ball. It was really sick. Uh, great show, great crowd. Uh, I got to open up for Justin McRoberts, uh, who in my book is just uh, a fantastic thinker and songwriter, and it was a you know an honor to meet him and to share a bill with him. So... Uh, anyways, thanks to Stefan over at Booking uh, with Utah for having me back, and uh, I look forward to seeing some of you there. Um, okay, I've been talking about getting this thing started for quite a while. Uh, I did not have a name for the podcast forever, and that was driving me crazy, and uh, I also had to just do it a lot uh, and get a little better at it. Um, it is certainly not my first art form uh, language, if you will. So uh, I've definitely been learning a lot and trying to learn how to just have an engaging and relatable conversation. So that's why it's taken me months uh, to get the first one up. But uh, I called my, my friend uh, Cooper um, a couple, like maybe a month ago or something. And I just said, hey, describe me with three words because I was really trying to come up with a name for this thing. And he said, talented, confused, unkempt. And I said, what the fuck does unkempt mean? And he said, look it up. And so I did, and it's just like disheveled. <laughs> it really described me pretty well. Uh, so I thought it would be a great name for the podcast because we are not aiming for anything other than just uh, being real and... Uh, the audio quality is going to be subpar, and the conversation is going to be rambly, and uh, I'm going to say some things. I'll probably have to walk back, and, you know, it's, it's not, uh, this is not going to be the kind of podcast that's nicely edited. Uh, it's just all the way through. There's some, you know, long gaps in between uh, talking, and there's definitely moments that just feel like you're in the room with two people and they're really having a conversation. I have not edited out any uh, uh, awkward moments or anything like that. So 
that's going to be how it is. It's just unkempt. Uh, and uh, it's just going to be us chatting. Um, so anyways, a little bit about that. Fuck, it's so awkward to record this in my closet right now. Uh, and there's nobody here. I'm literally talking to a computer. But uh, anyways, I hope you enjoy episode one of Unkempt. And uh, lastly, just a huge thanks to everyone who's uh, supported me this last year. Um, you know, we released Nightmare in Your Arms, my second full-length record. And I'm just so happy with how it turned out and also the reception. Um so many of you have listened and reached out and you know I'm excited about uh, what's to come but I'm also just really grateful for how far we've come and uh, I'm really glad to be finally starting this podcast and it just feels like this is going to be a good year and a big year and uh, you know there's lots to come so stay tuned uh, thanks again for listening, and I hope you enjoy the conversation with uh, Quinn Dean and I. All right. Cheers. Well, she wakes me up, and she makes me eggs, and I can call her honey, but her name is Liz, and she clears the table and washes up. I'm not in love with her. I'm just in love with being loved. Oh, Queen, what? Quinn, Queen. I just called you Queen. Yeah. Oh. Hi, Queen. Yes, team. Uh, <laughs> this is the worst. This is the worst start yet. Yeah. I love it. I was just gonna ask you where we are and, and what this is. Um, we're on we're on FaceTime right now. I'm in Chicago. Mm-hmm. You're in uh, San Fran. And uh, this is Unkempt Podcast with Quinn on Thursdays. Thursdays with Quinn Dean. Have you, uh, I've been meaning to ask, have you done any um, ancillary, is that how you say that word? Podcasts without me yet? Um, not yet. I, I did a couple podcasts like months ago. And then I listened back to them, and I was like, wow, I'm really bad at this. Uh, And I just never follow through with them. You kind of need me in a way. I do need you. (laughs) I need you. I've actually been learning a lot. You know, it's it's amazing to me to... Because we've been doing this three, four weeks in a row now. And when I listen back to our conversations every week, it helps me to discover... Uh, where I fall short as a communicator and I'm also able to hear how incomplete some of my thoughts and ideas are yeah Um, so it's it's definitely an eye-opener um it's weird you know I don't notice it as much with you like I think you know naturally we have a tendency to pick ourselves apart a little bit more and I'm right self-critical and all that but like yeah and I didn't get to listen back to um to last week's yet but the the, uh, the other couple that we did i listened to it and it's just like it's kind of a trip like it's way it's like listening to your your voice on a voicemail but 
you're being critical not just of your voice but of your of your of your formed thoughts right of who you are yeah. <laughs> it is pretty daunting yeah. it's amazing to me that so many people do this um because it's not an easy thing to do uh at all yeah. you have to be totally 100 percent your yourself and authentic but you also have to be engaging and um at the same time not try to be so engaging that you're saying things that are, you know, out of your realm of knowledge. Right. Mm. <laughs> uh, so it's funny. It's like I've listened back to especially our first few conversations and just thought, wow, I have no idea what I'm talking about <laughs> and I need to not touch that idea again. Mm. Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, last week we talked about cancel culture for a long time and I just – when I listened back, I didn't feel very good about it. Mm. You know, I was like, I don't know if this is adding anything positive to the conversation surrounding Me Too and cancel culture. Right. Um, but I, you know, it's also hard because it's like, I'm so used to criticizing myself and thinking that, like people in my life have told me many times that they think I am intelligent and have really interesting insights. Um, and I feel like that's been confirmed by just different pockets of people in my life, but it's still hard for me to believe that, you know, like I'm still, I'm doing this every week with you because it's a good thing to force myself to do. Because I still think this is the most ridiculous shit I've ever tried to do. Like, who would ever want to listen to me talk? Yeah. Who would want to listen to me talk? That is a ridiculous thing. Like, there's something about it that just feels so, like, uh, like grotesque and self-absorbed to think that I have something interesting or funny or smart enough to say that would captivate people? Like, who the fuck do I think I am? Do you, do you think like that about yourself? Well, I mean, I think I, I, have, I might have a bit of a lower expectation of myself for this project that we're doing. Um, in fact, oh, I, think, I think that, you know, my intelligence or how funny I am is just, it's just going to waver. Different people are going to find what I have to say either smart or funny or stupid and, and dry. Um, just, to, just depends on who you are. But I think maybe the thing that we're tapping on and something that we were tapping on with, uh, tapping into with, um, that cancel culture discussion and especially our talks about, um, sort of our, just when, when we start unpacking our, the psychological underpinnings for why we do things or the way we think or, or things like that, what I notice is that we we have a we have a patience. We let each other speak, and we, or at least I, try to be. And you seem like you're trying to be honest, you know. Um, right. And so that's that's really my only goal. Um, is that, you know, people can listen to this and feel like there's two genuine people who aren't 
scared of speaking about something, um, whether it relates yeah. to society at large or, or more commonly, uh, like just who we are as people. Um, and that's, a, that's really about it. I'd like to be more educated about things, um, but I'm not going to let me being a dumbass stop me from talking or talking on the mic. Right. Well, that makes one of us, so that's great. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't quite know how to... It's baffling to me to watch people pursue passion projects just because they love them. Mm. Like, to me, if you're doing something in the realm of arts and entertainment, if you're not trying to be amazing at it, what are you doing? Mm. Like, it's really... I've never just fallen in love with something because I loved it and wasn't trying to get somewhere with it or wasn't trying to get affirmation or um, recognition or fame. You know, it's like all of my pursuits have these sort of, I guess, uh, negative... Um, underpinnings or whatever like or yeah just like an end goal like um or like a not an end goal in particular but like like the process isn't as fun for me as daydreaming about how big something could be mm-hmm. does that make sense like to me it's like if I had your mindset about this podcast, I would feel a lot more comfortable doing this and telling people about it and posting it, and I probably would have already posted them. Right. But because I'm me, it's just like, you know, this last week, for example, I've been trying to make a graphic for the podcast and trying to figure out how I'm going to upload it and how I'm going to post about it. And to me, if like, if all of these things don't come together and they don't look super pro, I don't want anything to do with it. And then I start thinking about that as far as our conversation. And I really like, I think you're amazing at this and you keep me on track and you ask a lot of really great questions. And I think you're an amazing conversationalist. But when I listen to myself, I'm just like, dude, really? So I I don't know how to overcome that. Well, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying this um, to stroke your ego or anything. And I think, I think it's because I approach things with a really, um, I I don't know. It's weird because just last week we were talking about how um, maybe uh, passive I am in regards to being self-critical but I think in particular when I listen back to me speaking, it's just hard because it's so, like, it's so um, representative of who I am, like my, my thoughts and stuff, you know. Uh, right. And I rarely listen back to them. And so to listen back, I just feel so... I haven't, I haven't really articulated my problems with it yet, but I feel very slow. Like, like right now I'm, I'm really 
sort of taking my time to like formulate this thought. Yeah, formulate this thought and try and get the exact right words that I want. Um, but it's such a it's such a slow process and oftentimes the payoff isn't very huge, you know, it's just like, okay, I found out exactly what I wanted to say and it wasn't very um, eloquent or interesting. It's just, <laughs> I just had to find ex precisely what I was thinking. It's like, sometimes I'll just, I'll think, I'll be like, oh, what, what color was the, uh, is the color of my walls? It's not quite magenta, it's not quite white or cream. Um, it's vanilla. But it's like, who cares, you know? Right, um, yeah. And so, I don't know. Like, I feel like you can cut to the chase quite a bit quicker and, and express um, more, like, you can express more substance in a shorter amount of time than I can and do it eloquently, you know? Um, oh, interesting. You know. I do not think uh, that at all, but I'm going to go ahead and just say thanks and take the compliment. And I think how methodical and slow-paced you are uh, I think we balance each other out quite well. So anyways, wow, this has been a very meta conversation <laughs> talking about the podcast. Yeah. Like, that hasn't about... even like really started yet in some ways. We haven't even really started. This is just the beginning folks. <laughs> That's the cool part anyways. Like, for, for anyone who might potentially be listening to these words. It's like, you know, we don't, we don't have to put any of this out. Um, and, you know, we could have another six of these before we find one that's, like, um, good enough to post. And, right. you know, I, I'm starting up work again, but personally I don't mind meeting meeting up, even if it's for, you know, an hour. I prefer, I prefer a good hour and a half, two-hour podcast. I think those are the coolest, most in-depth ones. Totally. But, um, right. I've been thinking about that myself, um, about, I just wonder, I know this is going somewhere, and I think it's really great that we've just started doing it, but I wonder how it's all going to take shape, you know? Maybe we'll end up editing tons of things from different podcasts together to form one, mm. or maybe like you said, six more weeks will go by, and we'll finally just find a groove, you know? Yeah. And, and I wonder about that. Like, I think there is a craft to conversation the same way that there is to, like, songwriting or painting, mm -hmm. where over time, I, I think you can be really good at communicating and kind of spar with somebody else and, and make it super interesting. And maybe we'll get to a point where we're like, oh, this is the good shit, right. you know? Yeah. Or maybe the good shit's now, and we just need to put it all out there because who who the fuck cares? Yeah. So <laughs> there's been good shit. I just feel like, I, I mean, I'm similar to you, and you know, this sort of relates to back to music. It's like, um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I meant what I said about my current only criteria, at least the base criteria for this is like being exemplary in my honesty um but you know when it comes to putting like releasing something and posting it on my whatever uh as like something that i've done 
I feel it really needs to be like something that I'm proud of, you know? Right. Um, and as far as the, the first couple of conversations go, I mean, I might, you know, repost it on my story or something, but it's just, it's just a little bit, I listen to myself and I just cringe a little bit too much for me to right. want to, want that's to exactly how I feel. That's totally how I feel about the first few conversations. And I think what works with you and I is that we're able to just be honest about that. I think a lot of people doing this, like there might be one person that's so excited and the other person is sort of like afraid to tell them, like, I actually don't think this is as great as you do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I feel like you and I are always on the same page about what makes something great, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, which is super like that in itself is something to be pretty grateful for. And we can just keep trekking along and, you know, it's time and time will tell with a lot of those cringy moments too, because I pass some of those podcasts around to people just to be like, what do you think? You know? And it's funny, like people really do have totally different ways of relating to a conversation. And one person that, you know, whose opinion I really trust, listened to the very first one. And she was like, you cannot release this. Like, you have to cut X, Y, and Z out. I will not let you release the whole thing by itself. Like, it's just, you sound like a fucking asshole. And you just don't want to... She was like, I know you. And I know where you're coming from. And I love you. And I adore Mm. how you think. But you don't realize how this is going to come off to so many people (laughs) and like good feedback like that, where I'm like, Oh fuck, I'm so glad we made it. And now I can send it around to people and get honest feedback and we'll get better. And it's like, yeah, you know, there are some topics I should probably just not talk about because I get really fired up about them and I don't know shit. Mm, Okay. (laughs) That's respectable. You know? Yeah. So, it's like I gotta if I'm gonna if I'm gonna take on, you know, a huge cultural controversy, <laughs> it needs to be something that is qualified, you know. And yeah. that's that's how I feel about songwriting. It's like yeah. I I think my strength is that I've always just written what I know. You know? Like I just write my experience. And then I don't have to worry about how it's perceived because it's mine. Yeah. And I think on the podcast, it's like, it's hard because I don't really want to divulge my whole life on this, like the way I would if you and I weren't recording. Mm-hmm. Like, I tell you pretty much everything. But on the podcast, it's, you, you, you have to find that balance, you know, of like, uh, anyways, I think, I think the listener understands what I'm getting at. So I'm going to stop ranting about that. But um, a couple things have come to mind to talk about. Um, for me while I was ranting. Cool. Um, do you have anything first or? Um, no. Okay. Well, the first thing is that, um, I have narrowed it down to one cigarette a day. Yeah. Dude, you were just at a pack. With the exception not too long of, ago. I know I was I was just at a pack like last week. Holy shit. But Congrats. on Friday night I cleaned my house and I showered and I thought 
It's time. I hate feeling like this. I hate it. And I don't like smelling like it, and I don't like how lethargic it makes me feel. And so I just made up my mind, like, I'm going to quit smoking. And, and then, like, I didn't smoke for, like, two days, I think, straight. And I was like, this is really hard. So I'm going to have one because I'm having a fucking panic attack. <laughs> I was really anxious. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now I've just been having one at the end of the day. And today I had one cigarette and then one black and mild just now. Um, but uh, With tobacco I think it? I'll be able to. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. It, I think it's always tobacco. Yeah. Um, right? Yeah. Oh, some people split the but, guts out and put weed in Oh, I see. Yeah, no, I don't smoke weed. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't smoked weed since... I honestly think the last time I smoked weed might have been with you. Holy shit, really? Yeah. Two or three years ago, at least. Right. Damn. Yeah. That's crazy. I don't think I've... Well, I definitely... No, that's not true. Scratch that. That's not true. Okay. I smoke. I forgot. I smoked a lot of weed... When I first moved to San Francisco, I didn't know anybody. I had no money. I had no idea what the fuck I was doing here. I was so lost. And I would, I would get really high during the day and just chill in the apartment and take photos or play music or whatever. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, when I got sober, I just stopped altogether. So, anyways, one cigarette a day, baby. Damn. Um, what, uh, do you feel like withdrawal symptoms? Is that a thing that happens? Um, so, yes, I think nicotine withdrawals are super real. I think that even though I smoked a lot, I don't think I smoked enough for long enough to experience, like, really physical withdrawals okay for me it's been mostly anxiety um and not so much the addiction to the nicotine it's been more like okay what do i do with myself now you know because so much of my day revolved around like how do i say this so many of my thoughts throughout the day revolved around when my next my next cigarette was going to be and now that's not there Mm. and so it's like I don't even really know what to do with myself and it's I'm sort of relearning how to just be Um, and it's kind of a lot to like be totally present throughout the day and like not step out for a cigarette all the time Yeah, Uh, it's, it's like wow you have to be really present but Right away, it's it's been really helpful, um, and I feel more relaxed and like centered and wow. present. You know, it's it's cool. So trying to keep that up, but it's just funny because we were just talking about that. Yeah, and, dude. Um, that, that's quite a that's quite a drop from a pack a day to um, zero or one or kind of two a day. Uh, right. And yeah, I. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was I was thinking about um, getting getting another pack, uh, but you you made a suggestion last time that sounded a lot cooler and more romantic to me, which was to get a like a Gandalf pipe and some tobacco. Yeah. 
Can't smoke it that way. Yeah, that sounds sick and very relaxing. I forgot to tell you. Um, I think I told. I think the last time we spoke was right after. Uh, I think it was like the twenty seventh or twenty. No, 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 it was like the thirtieth. It was like right before New Year's, right? Yeah, something like that. And um, right after that, I like uh, I went to a New Year's party, and then from the first to the third, I went out to a um, a cabin in Wisconsin with uh, oh wow with Lizzie, yeah. And um, it was dude, it was such a nice experience. Like uh, there was um, there was a you know it was just. Like out in Wisconsin, it was on a farm. It was on a Christmas tree farm, and uh, this guy Roy, uh, who had been living on the farm, um, he had a dog, and he just sort of, you know, it was a fifty-acre property, and he drove us to the cabin, or he, you know, we followed him in our car, and uh, the king, you know, he showed us around. It was just a generator. Um, an outhouse, no shower, you know, no no plumbing in the actual cabin. We just kind of washed our dishes with like uh, water from like a like a Gatorade water sort of fountain thing, um, like a plastic jug, pretty much. And wow. uh, we, I, you know, picked up sticks and just uh, lit a fire in a stove for heat, um, and. You know, we, we took a day trip on the second day to Lake Geneva, but the, pretty much the rest of the time we just spent in that cabin. And um, it just, I had, you know, I, hadn't been, I haven't been camping in so long. It's one of my favorite pastimes, maybe my favorite. Mm. And Really? Yeah. And, um, you know, living, I'd, been in, I'd been in Chicago now for about a year, and I really love it, but it's... Um, it's so, so much of the beauty of it is architectural and not much of it is natural. There's no, right. it's the flattest state uh, in the country, Illinois. And so there's no, there's really no mountains to speak of. There's a beautiful lake, um, but that's about it. And so I didn't realize just how much I'd been craving, not only like a lack of screen time, because that's a lot. That's what most of my job is, and a lot of the way that I unwind and have fun. So just I've been really craving just nature, trees, a lack of screen time, and um, you know, when, whenever I turn the generator off to go to sleep, uh, Lizzie and I, I think we both just sort of noticed like uh, how different it was. I mean, we were talking a lot about being present last time, and I, I really felt so present in that moment, uh, in those moments, like, once really everything was cut off. It was just sort of darkness or the sound of trees or, or water outside, running water. Uh, it's a beautiful experience. Wow. How cold was it there? It was... Uh... That's, like, the first question I have. <laughs> You know, how was the weather? <laughs> it was, um, it was like, I 
think it was pretty consistently like I don't know, thirty-five to forty degrees, forty-five. It really wasn't that bad. Um, hmm. It it rained at one point, but it wasn't even snowing. Um, the last day was really foggy, uh, and so you know I, I was a little bit weary about going out for like a nature sort of um, getaway at this time because. What I really wanted was to see a bunch of like beautiful trees and waterfalls and stuff like that. But this experience was just so, it, it just, it almost added to how like stripped down it felt. Um, mm. And honestly, what it did for me was it sort of reinforced this, uh, I don't know, fantasy or goal that I have of one day like settling down and sort of a more secluded area like a mountain or something i could so see you doing that yeah no i think that's my dream like uh just like a, a mountain house with like a little recording studio and a ping pong table some kids <laughs> you know <laughs> no wife though just kids in a recording studio yeah she we're divorced. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, a wife too. A wife too. Um, so, what is it like to be with a romantic partner in such a stripped-down setting where you don't have distractions and you just have to be together? Well, it was... Um... I think that I mean there's there was two sides to it like Lizzie is someone who um, you know she's like way more so than I she's like a very like bright exuberant uh, kind of person and I think we sort of balance each other out in that way um, and I think it's just a fact that she usually has a lot more to say and oftentimes like wants to get out more and do more things than I do. Like there's right. sort of a push and pull there where I'm, where I think more often than not, I want to stay home and relax and she wants to go do something. Um, and so this, I mean, I feel like she went into this experience sort of preparing herself for um, like very extreme boredom because she doesn't have hmm. as much of a uh, like a experience with camping as I do. I think she has some, but um, you know, she she brought games and we were we were just there, sort of like I think purposefully being present um and there were times where it was uh, kind of there, yeah there were times where i feel like we were getting sort of antsy or or anxious like 
we're just we're yeah. here in this same room without any without any like palpable substantive distractions you know like we had a deck of cards and uh, stuff like that and I could put sticks in the fire or, or whatever but um, so there was that side to it but you know you you sit with that long enough and it becomes sort of it, it, uh, for me anyways and I think for her it sort of dissipated and um, we just were able to I, I felt like we were able to connect on maybe a bit of a deeper level than usual right in certain regards so it ended up it ended up being something that you both were able to lean into a little bit yeah um, exactly but was there a verbal acknowledgement of the antiness, or was it just something that you both know you felt? Uh, Lizzie acknowledged it. Not, she said something like, um, you know, I, uh, you know, it was more like, I'm, I'm eager to get home and, and see my cat and, you know, stuff like that. But, um, I don't think either of us said I'm feeling antsy or, or any, uh, synonym of that you know right it's just interesting because in my experience like have you ever been alone with somebody like that and I think this is maybe social anxiety but I I've many times had the feeling of like Um, I actually don't know if I've ever tried to articulate this, so give me a sec here, but almost like feeling lonelier than you would have if you were just alone. Mm. But like when you're with somebody and you legitimately don't feel like you feel like you're trapped or claustrophobic or something mm. and like you're fucking up their their day somehow. Like, it's always, like... It's like an impending doom. I think I'm describing anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, I have felt that many times, especially in, like, a romantic relationship where it's, like, neither person really knows what to do and it feels just so awkward. And, like, I don't know if I'm supposed to, like save the day or just let things be and I'm not comfortable in my own skin and like I have just felt that way so many times and when you tell me that like you went away in a cabin in Wisconsin for three days with a generator (laughs) and a stove heater it's like holy shit how did you guys pull that off like I am just now in a relationship where I could even conceive of doing that with my romantic partner. But I've never, ever felt safe enough to just be alone with another human without a distraction. Does that make sense? Um, ever? With, and like, uh, like, have you been camping? Uh, I don't think I've ever been camping with a romantic partner. Is that true? Maybe I went camping with my first 
girlfriend. I yeah, let me rephrase that. I ha I have experienced large bouts of anxiety when alone with a partner mm -hmm. in settings like that before. And I feel like it's more often than not that that's happened, but maybe it's not. I don't know. Like, there, I've definitely felt comfortable before with people, but, like, I've never felt safe, you know? And I guess what I, when I first started asking you about that, I was like, oh, like, I wonder if he'll talk about, you know, high anxiety or, like, them having a hard time getting used to that but then you answered the question and I was like oh that sounds pretty normal actually and then I thought about me with like a past partner that I've been romantic with in that same situation and I was like dude that would kill me like I don't know what that would be like um, but yeah again now I'm like oh Okay, this why is you, this is probably social anxiety. Why do you think it would? Uh, why do you think? Well, well, I don't know because you said you just got to a point with your current uh, partner where you, you feel like you could do maybe do something like that with them. But um, what is it? And I know you dived into a little a little bit, but what is it? If you could elaborate more, that makes you feel unsafe or like something an experience like that might uh, kill you yeah well I have an example that comes to mind actually where during the pandemic a good friend of mine came to town and we went on a drive together in Napa and I hadn't seen him in a long time and we were catching up and I remember being in the car and listening to music and driving around the valley and feeling intense anxiety like I was on the verge of a panic attack anxiety and then I started f trying to figure out like why do I feel like this and at some point I worked up the courage it was so hard for me but I worked up the courage to actually say to him hey I'm feeling really anxious right now and I feel like I'm like I'm not doing a good job of entertaining you or like making this fun mm -hmm. but I don't know what to say and I just kind of want to sit here and he was like what? yeah like whatever it's just good to see you I don't care about any of that mm -hmm. like we don't have to talk and in my mind I was just freaking the fuck out like you know and I've had that experience so many times in my life, like extreme anxiety, you know, like, yeah, me too. and now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, wow, I think this is a thing. And also it reminds me that <laughs> this is so funny. I just remember this. Um, my niece listened to the second podcast you and I did. Mm -hmm. And I was with her, we were driving in the car, and I put it on, and I was like, I want you guys to tell me what you think of this. And she was listening to it. That's bold. And twice, <laughs> twice throughout the, uh, yeah, it is bold. 
well, I want to know, yeah. you know, I want to know if this is listenable. And twice throughout the conversation, she just blurted out anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> like she didn't say anything else. She's just listening to the <laughs> podcast. And twice when I was talking, she just said anxiety. Anxiety. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? And I turned it down and I like made her explain it to me. And she was like, you said that you found a lot of comfort listening to the same songs over and over. That's anxiety. Because you know what's going to come next. And I was like, what? And I thought, you know, she's younger. She's like a teenager. So I thought, like, maybe this is some, like, Gen Z bullshit. And then she also commented on this other thing that I know is anxiety, but I didn't recognize when I was explaining it to you on, on that podcast. But, like... I wonder if I could even remember it, but she called something else out and she was like, yeah, that's anxiety. And I just remember being like, wow, I think that's a thing that I deal with and have really dealt with, you know, like why else would I smoke a pack a day mm. or like why else would I feel so unsettled? Like even sometimes when you and I are talking, I'm like, <sighs> You know, mm -hmm. like I feel really intense because uh, I'm nervous that I'm going to fuck something up or that like you're not going to like me anymore or, you know, it's like really deep shit. Mm -hmm. Like I really do feel super uncomfortable a lot of the time. And uh, I don't know. I mean, this has just kind of turned into a rant about like my anxiety, but I'm just realizing like that is something I deal with and I think it's gotten better because I surround myself with people who are safer. Mm -hmm. You know, like I dated somebody once where we both had really bad anxiety and it just made it worse for both of us. Like there was nobody that was like safe for the other. Right. Um, and now it's like I'm dating somebody where I can just be honest with her and be like, hey, I'm really in my head right now and I just don't feel like doing this thing that we had planned. I'm really sorry, but like, is it okay if we just stay in? And she would be like, yeah, 100%. Oh, and I think man. over time I've just, I've built better relationships where people respect me more and like have more patience. And I think for a long time, maybe I was feeling super anxious and I probably two things were happening where I was surrounding myself with the wrong people and I also wasn't sure yet how to communicate about how I was feeling because I was really young, mm -hmm. you know? It's like, how do you know how to do that? And so, I don't know, but it sounds like maybe you can relate a little oh, bit yeah. to some of this. or Hell yeah. Um, well, it just got me, you know, uh, for me, uh, everything sort of comes down to like a, a balance or like there's a you know nuance to everything and but for me I, I tend to lean more towards or I have like a, a very active um, pursuit of uh, being being comfortable with with silence and expressing to other people um, you know you don't you don't need to entertain me at all. Like, uh, we could... And when did that start? Um, I can't remember. It's been years. 
that. Okay. That I didn't I, mean to cut you off. I was just curious. Oh, like, no, when it, did you become aware of that? It's a good, it's a good question. Cause I'm, I can't really pinpoint it. I just know that like, it's been a, it's been a very evolving thing because, and I think it's just because I'm trying to, I'm trying to extend the same grace to others that I just so desperately want for myself because I so often experience oh. social anxiety. You know what I mean? Dude, that is so, that's like gold right there. That is really, number one, that's very well said. And number two, I can so relate to that feeling. Mm -hmm. Like when I'm watching somebody experience anxiety or discomfort, it's like, oh, oh, for example, yesterday I was doing laundry at the laundromat and this woman who clearly has never done laundry at a San Francisco laundromat walks in and I could tell by what she's wearing like she's staying here she's visiting and she has money you know and uh, what was she wearing she was just wearing like a really nice long uh, raincoat and like these cute brown boots and she just looked like put together mm -hmm. and like I was just like what is somebody like that doing here right. <laughs> oh just they like must be visiting <laughs> ready for the weather like right cute. yeah you know those snap judgments we make? Uh -huh. And, like, maybe somebody would hear me say that and be like, why does that matter if she had money? But it's like we just, we notice, yeah, you know? Yeah. Everybody notices. Can't help it. Anyways, so she starts taking pictures of the instructions on the laundry, on the, uh, laundry washer mm -hmm. and dryer. She's, like, walking around the laundromat taking pictures of the instructions with her iPhone. And she passes me, and I take my AirPods out, and I'm like can I help you with anything? And she goes, oh, I've just, I've never done this before. And I'm staying here and I'm about to go get my laundry and like, I just don't know how this works. And I could tell that she was so like, like just a regular nice human. So she didn't want to bother anybody with her problem. Right. And like, she wasn't going to ask for help. So I literally just walked her through like how everything works. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was like, only bring ones and fives. It's not going to give you $10 change uh, in quarters. You should do these settings. It takes this long, blah, blah, blah. And then I offered to leave her, like, my laundry detergent and, and my uh, dryer sheets because, nice. because uh, I was almost done with my laundry detergent, and I have a new one at home, and I was just like, whatever. Like, I just hated seeing that she was uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah she was about to struggle, dude. Yeah, Did she I was like, let me just help you. No, she didn't. Okay. She wouldn't let me do it. Uh, um, so that was, you know, whatever. But I'm just saying, like, when I see people searching for something or when they look lost, it's like, I know what that's like. And I just want to help. Yeah. And the other thing I was going to say about that statement that you made um, is that you have made me feel like that so many times like you have given me the grace that you would yourself want over and over and over again oh, that's good to and hear man that's probably like the biggest reason like we're still friends mm -hmm. is like you have just been a really trustworthy person and I mean you've talked to me off of a lot of ledges like I've gone through periods where I've gotten online and been like I'm never doing music again I hate myself like I've gone through alcoholism. I've gone through really dysfunctional relationships. And, like, 
through it all, you have never once made me feel like bad about myself or like I'm a bad person. Like you've just always been a really safe person to talk to. And I don't think a lot of people have that luxury in their life. I don't think a lot of people have friends in their life where they can be that vulnerable and like say something and you know, in return, get grace and like somebody who's just present and there for them. And if you struggle with anxiety, you should find friends like Quindine. <laughs> I think that's what I'm trying to say. Wow, man. I don't know what to say. I mean, uh, definitely likewise. You know, I, I think I, I think, you know, the first time we started talking again after, uh, after I moved to Chicago, I think I just, no, you hit me up once a couple months after I moved, maybe sometime in March or April. We talked about music a little bit, but then we didn't talk for a while. And I just, I really, I really needed someone to talk to. It was one morning I was just, I was filled with anxiety and um, I knew, you know, there's, there's just not many people in my life who, uh, who I think kind of relate in, in a in a weird way or, or can express honestly or articulate that they relate um, right and so I just knew that I think it's I think it's because you know like like with your music you just sort of and I think like we talked about last time like you really you put your heart on your sleeve and um, so yeah I, I really appreciate that man uh, and likewise and also um, yeah you know don't, don't get too uh, don't get too savvy about it anyways actually I wanted to say no homo but then <laughs> we, could just, we could just cut that one out. <laughs> just this like long, beautiful expression of like friendship love ended with like, anyways, don't get too sappy about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, you know. Classic. <sighs> okay, so. There was one more thing I wanted to throw at you um, before we go here. And it's a conversation I had with a friend when I was back home. And that friend was talking to me about this song that I had written, and I sent it to a few people. You heard it. It's the Zachary Sun one. Good song. Well, I sent it to this friend, and they sort of like... We were just talking about music and stuff, and they sort of brought that song up, and they were like, they weren't criticizing it or critiquing it, but they were kind of like, have you thought about how a song like that might be too specific for an audience to relate to? Mm. 
and does it feel like the specificity is kind of ironic in a way that like feels isolating somehow like they were sort of making a case that maybe that kind of like narrative storytelling like sun kill moon-esque yeah. songwriting just doesn't hold the same weight as you know not being so specific and being more like relatable mm-hmm. and huh. i just immediately i felt my defense go up and i felt like my head get a little hot and out loud i was like I literally, I, I think I said, I'm open to whatever you have to say about this. I just want you to say what you mean. Because mm. mm. it just felt like they were sort of bringing it up, but didn't want to like really make like a real like point. Yeah. Like I was saying, like, do you think it's a bad song? Like, is that what you're trying to tell me, but you don't know how? And, like, you're beating around the bush? And they were like, no, I don't think it's a bad song. And I was like, does it feel like it's not me? Or, like, what? Uh-uh. Like, just tell me exactly what you think. And they sort of were like, I shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> so I wanted to run that by you and, and see what you thought about that song because I loved it so much mm-hmm. and it was hard for me to hear that well, b- before somebody I say, else did. Uh, in hindsight, do you think, because I, I don't know, this is maybe a, a bit of a divergence, but like sometimes I will assume people's intent or their real thoughts behind what they're saying Um and sometimes I think I have very good reason to think that someone's lying or beating around the bush about something. Um, right. But, it, like, I'm just curious, in hindsight for you, do you think that it could could have been the case that they actually were just trying to say that they think uh, a song like that that's so specific has less mainstream appeal? Is that what they were trying to say? Maybe. Maybe they were trying to say that, and maybe they noticed that I my feathers got a little ruffled and sort of felt like they had to rescue the situation or something. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I can't be sure. Is it possible? Yes, it's possible. But did I assume the worst? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> because that's how I am. And that particular friend has only ever been encouraging and loving and supportive so it's good that you asked me that because I don't I don't think that I definitely know it wasn't malicious I just couldn't tell if they were being honest about what they really thought right yeah you never know like um but yeah I do the same thing all the time like it's almost like sometimes I prefer to just hear like um and it sounds pretty rough. I'm not really digging this one, or like, and especially if it's um, especially if it's like very constructive like feedback, along with like a negative criticism, I can really get behind that kind of stuff uh, because it's so like, especially when I, even even I almost kind of sadistically or masochistically like a little bit of like a an insult to it or like a like a 
I don't know how to, how to put a it. A jab. A jab, yeah. Because I know it, it gives me the sense more that they're not pulling any punches. Um, so, instead, so, so when someone has kind of like a, um, a middle-of-the-road criticism like that, that's not even really about the merits of the song itself, it can make me... I, I, I think I've been in similar situations where I felt like... Um, like they didn't like the song and they were dancing around it. But um, I don't know. It, it could be the case that that's exactly what they meant. You know, like you said, it's, it's possible. Um, right. But anyways, I, I really fucked with the song, like especially, and, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting the, uh, the Zachary Sun, you know, chorus. Uh, like I wasn't expecting you to say any names and I, I don't know. I thought it was super cool and kind of funny to me just because I, I've never, again, I've never met Zach, but like, I know who he is, uh, to you. And so it was just kind of like, I don't know. It was like a surprise and surprises in music are great. Um, but Oh, oh yeah. On the criticism of it doesn't, you know, a song that's so particular doesn't hold as much weight as, um, I guess, a song that's not or a song that's more general. I guess, I guess it just depends on what what a person will would mean by weight, because like, uh, you know, those songs on that like like Benji or whatever. Um, to me, it, songs like that and songs like the one, the one about Zach, uh, are so. The fact that they're calling out an actual name really paints like a, a real, like a such a more vivid picture to me. Um, even if I did, that's like, how I feel. Yeah, like I don't, I don't that's know any, I, I don't know anybody in that Benji album. But I, it just feels so much more grounded uh, to me um, because I, like, I can tell that he's using real names and real experiences of people. Um, right, and it's not just Mark. It's like tons of people do that. Yeah. Like Big Thief, you know, that mm -hmm. song Paul. Right. Or yeah. Andy Schaaf and how he uses Judy over and over again. Mm -hmm. It's like there are so many examples of that. And... The point that I made to my friend was, like, I feel like that style of songwriting is just not as mainstream. So because I'm doing it, it feels way more off the beaten path to you. But I don't think it – I think it's valid, you know? And, and I sort of shot back a little bit, you know? I was like, I don't – I really relate to songs with specificity. And to me, it's, like, more interesting – it's like, who can't relate to, like, loving their best friend? Right. Yeah. And I think um, that sort of gets into what we were talking about. I think maybe in our first conversation, our second one, I, I don't know, um, <clears throat> like, about what level of fame is something, is what level of fame or recognition are you really shooting for? 
Right. For me, it's it is big thief level, or maybe just Adrian Lanker level uh, fame. Like I don't I don't really want to be uh, Taylor Swift or Kanye West or Imagine Dragons or something like that. Sure. And I don't. It's it's because I don't often enjoy that kind of music. Right. You know. Yeah. But. Um, oh, what you got? I th- I think I should play this for the listener. Yeah. Just because why not? Just the verse. Just I'll just do it real quick so we don't take up too much time. But. What's the chorus? It's like, uh... Zaku, Zaku, son How you like my life Warm are the days That you're by my side How did you get It's like, to me, it just feels really endearing and sweet and vulnerable. And my feelings were hurt when my friend was like, I don't think people are going to get that. Yeah. I was like, which people? Right. I don't know. I just feel like... So that really bugged me. But it's good to get your take on it. And Yeah, also... I think Zachary Sun is just such a cool name to be sung. Like, yeah, I know that, and like the way that I play with that word, yeah. you know, how you shine so bright. Right, and yeah, yeah. Did you catch that? It's like, Zachary Sun, how you light my life, how you shine so bright. Uh, you know, it's like this sun thing, and mm-hmm. I think it's great. Yeah. You know, I, I, I thought it was smart, and I also told that friend, like, I don't think people realize that that's a difficult form of songwriting. And what I wanted to say to them was like, have you tried writing like that? Like, could you just do that? Like, people listen to Mark and they're like, he's just, he's mumbling. Ah." And it's like, dude, no. This person is being so thoughtful about every syllable. And just because it sounds off time to you, like, that's your problem. It's just a piece of art that you can't understand. Because you're too stupid. Because <laughs> you're too <laughs> stupid. <laughs> okay. I'm clearly driving this point way too hard now. I need to chill. Uh, no, that's not really what I think. Yeah. But it's just... I was just a little upset. Not upset, but just sad. Not even sad, just bothered. Or not, yeah, like not even bothered, more just frustrated or 
crestfallen. Not even frustrated, just more like a little unhappy. Right. Or real like not even Not that. even a little unhappy. Yeah. More like <laughs> It's more you know what's funny to me about It's more just like poo poo, you know? It's feeling kinda of poo poo. More like <sighs> Have you ever walked past like a table two people are sitting at drinking coffee and one person is trying to say something and the other person is across from them just being like no not even that like not even that (laughs) (laughs) and you're like can you just let your friend (laughs) fucking talk you piece of shit (laughs) it's not even fucking about that dude like it's not even that it's it's like that's not even what makes me mad, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, well, you tell me what it's about since I'm way out of left field. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. what? I just think it's so funny. And, and people use it more common, too. Like, not even when they're worked up. But just, they say, like, not even that. You know? And it's like, you don't realize when you're saying that to somebody else. But that's such a demeaning thing to say. Right. It, it just completely, like... Uh, it's like canceling whatever the person exactly. just said. And the, the, the ironic thing is, oftentimes, it is that. It, it, it is even what the person just exactly. said. Yes. It, is, it almost always is what they're saying. Yeah. And you just wanna, you wanted it to come out of your mouth. Yeah. So you're mad that they <laughs> stole the point away from you that you don't get to say anymore. So now you're going to be like, not even that. Like, <laughs> like, let's say the person just said, like, Cheetos are orange. Yeah. And then you're like, not even that. It's like they're in between yellow and red. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dude, okay. I got to bring them up. You know, Doug. Lo- love Doug yes. dearly. But he oh, does, my God. He Is he ever going to listen to this? I don't know. I kind of doubt it. But here's the thing. I mean, I think I've already told him that he does this. Um. He does this thing where it's like, uh, his, his is, it's just like a, no, no, it's not, nah, you know, you could be like, um, right. Oh yeah. 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 You could just be like, I know exactly what you're talking to, <laughs> like oh, talking about, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, it's, uh, you know, what, what do you want to do tonight? Do you want to go, uh, I don't know. Do you want to? you know, fix the tune, the piano tonight in the studio or something. And he'll be like, no, I mean, I I figure we could just, you know, just tonight we could just, uh, uh, you know, open up the piano and and just, just to, you know, start tuning it, you know, it's like, it's just his way of speaking. That wasn't a a great example. Like, I think it actually was. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what he sounds like. It's like, nah, dude. It's like he's trying to say, like, it. it's his way of, like, getting more particular on the thing, on the way that you're trying to describe what he's saying or something. Um, I think, and let me put this to you because I don't know if this is true, but yeah. some people have really dominating ways of communicating like that mm-hmm. where they're just intense to talk to. And I've always wondered, is that an ego thing? Hmm. Or is that just something that started with ego 
and now it just has a mind of its own. Yeah. Like, you cannot correct it anymore because they've just been doing it so long. But it do, it's not meant with that intent. Right. It's just how they talk. It's like, I think we all have, like, anybody who's listening to this, we all have somebody in our lives that, like, we don't like to call. Not because we don't love them, but because the way they talk is just so intense and domineering. It's like, I don't know. There's people in my life that do that, too, uh, similar to Doug. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, my boss does that. Like, it's just hard to have a conversation with my boss sometimes because it's like he always has to, like, turn it around on you and, like, make it weird. Yeah. And it's just like, this doesn't have to be weird. Right. I'm just telling you. Well, two plus two is four. Well, nah, I mean, if if you have... If you have one, if you have one sock and then you add another sock, well, that's two. And then, you know, if you have, if those, if those could be white socks. And then, for example, if you had two more black socks, it doesn't really matter the color. Oh but if you, if you add those two together, it's four. So when you add two and two together, then you get four. It's not even like you said. It's what I, it's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't. I just, I've never heard somebody else talk about this before, so I don't really n- even know what to call what we're talking about. Like, yeah. is it a speech impediment? <laughs> when someone feels the need to be like, not even that, not even that. Right. Like, is that a speech impediment? Or um, is that just like, because uh, I've, uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah, I don't know. How, I don't know how to diagnose it. Um but the, the not even that in particular is a tendency that kind of gets on my nerves. Another one, I know we're, you know, I, I got to actually go to sleep soon, but real quick. <laughs> You're like, I know we're running low on time for me. <laughs> for me, yeah. I know I, know I got to let you go so I can go. Um, but uh, another one, and I know a lot of people Are you breaking up with me? Yeah. Right. Um. And even I do sometimes, but just uh, finishing off every every sentence, declarative statement oh. that you make with right, like asking, like you know, like when people just are talking and they feel like they need to uh, qualify everything they say at every moment, right? You know, like the sky is blue, right? So naturally, if I go outside and look at the sky, it's going to be blue, right? And there's going to be clouds in the sky, right? So like, right? It's like. Right. You know, <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to confirm everything with me at every moment. You know what I mean, dude. That is so true. And I have always looked like people who do that have always intimidated me because that appears to me to be a very overconfident, not overconfident, but a very confident thing to do mm-hmm. to qualify everything you say with like. Right? Correct me if I'm fucking wrong. You can't because I'm right. right. You know? Like, <laughs> that's how it comes off to me. So I'm like, oh, this person really knows what they're talking about. Right. It, it's, it's like some weird psychological trick where it's like, it's like they're saying, they're saying, when they say right, it's like they're, they're just making whatever statement they had correct. But they're also, yeah, giving you, giving you that little opportunity to correct them. But it's, it's fake the way that I view it like um, right. they're not really looking for 
in that split second that, between the between when they say right and then when they move on to their next point, that's not really an invitation for you to come in and say wrong. Actually, you're wrong. <laughs> like it's just. <laughs> I so wish we were recording the video. <laughs> Dude, that was so funny what you just did with your eyes. That was hilarious. Okay. <laughs> but yes, I, I know exactly what you're mean. And I wonder, this is a, another great example. Is that a speech impediment? Or is that just an example of an asshole? Well, I have a good friend who... Go ahead. I mean, I think it's kind of like what you said. It's like, it could either be an asshole or it could be someone who spoke like an asshole and no longer really is. They're like reformed, but they still have this way of speaking. Right. Yeah. I have a, uh, I have a friend who, when you talk to him, he's so insightful and such a wonderful person. But he cuts you off a lot. Mm-hmm. And like that's another speech impediment that really bothers me. I have a bad habit of finishing people's sentences for them. Same. And I know that about myself, and I like really try to work on it. Like There's oftentimes moments during this podcast where I'm showing a lot of restraint by just letting you finish a thought mm-hmm. because I just don't know how to do it. I'm like Pete Holmes on You Made It Weird. I just always have to like finish somebody's sentence for him. Oh, do you mean like it's like this for you? Like, let me put this to you. You know, it's like he's very much like that. But, uh, but I, I really don't like when people cut me off when I'm talking. It takes all my power away. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And I love that friend, but sometimes when we talk, I'm just like, yo, I can't hear myself think right now. <laughs> like. Damn. Can I just finish, yeah. please? <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I mean, do you call that out? No, I haven't. It's tough to do. Because I don't... I think it's the right thing to do. I think if something consistently bothers you and you have a good relationship with someone, you should tell them. Yeah. But it's hard. It, with, and with that thing in it particular... It takes confidence. Um, I, I think in the moment is the best time to do it. It's kind of... You know, right. It's awkward, but I think it's I think it's even somehow a little bit less awkward and less difficult than to say, hey, you know, you kinda cut me off a lot and I'd appreciate it if you didn't. I mean like yeah, right. They that's probably something that would stick with them. But I think just consistently, especially if you have like a sort of jokey or like a if if there's any levity to your relationship with this person. I think just a good, like a well-placed, hey, shut the fuck up, you know, oh, mid-conversation. Yeah. It's, I've done it a few times. It, it's just, you can laugh about it. Like, hey, I, nope, wasn't done, right? Shut up. <laughs> huh? I'm fucking talking to you. <laughs> right. Did you, did, did you think I was finished? Fuck you. You know, just like a. That is something I don't have the balls to do. If you, you know, make it like, jokey, it doesn't have to be that brave, you know, because right. like, I think the, the real brave thing, I think is like, like real, like really like meaning it, like, like, um, like, Hey, I wasn't, I wasn't done, you know, like really just like, 
That's like <laughs> like a really unhappy married couple at a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just so serious, and like right. you kind of show how how much it gets to you. But I don't know. Anyways, this is probably a good place to end. But I forgot one more thing. How was Louis C.K.? One more thing. Oh my god. That motherfucker is just, I don't even have the words, man. Just really one of the greatest of all time. Did you laugh? Um, I laughed my ass off. And there was one point where, like, he made this really raunchy joke. And everyone got really uncomfortable. There's 2,000 people in this theater. And I didn't hear a single person <laughs> laughing except me. <laughs> couldn't stop laughing and it made Kristen uncomfortable too <laughs> oh fuck I can't say her name on this I'll cut that out but beep it made the girls with really uncomfortable uh, I think I actually never asked her but I could hear her being like uh oh <laughs> I didn't like that like it was like too much for everybody but I thought it was so funny do you want to hear what he yes, said yes yeah <laughs> he was talking about <laughs> Okay, I'm actually not even going to give you context. I'm just going to tell you what he said and how he said it. He said <laughs> he was impersonating a, ch- a per- impersonating a child talking to his father. And he, <laughs> he leaned over and he looked up behind him and he was like, Fuck me, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> the hardest I've ever laughed. (laughs) (laughs) If you listen to this just now and you're like, how is that funny? Uh, You either hate Louis C.K. or you need more context, which I can't give to you, but it was an amazing bit. It was so funny, dude. Like, I was dying laughing. I want to see the whole thing. It'll. I think he's got the special coming out. I'm trying to think if there was anything else that was like, I have to tell Quinn about this. Um, there was a heckler, and he handled it so well. Uh, like, she was, like, yelling, and then he was like, I'm sorry, what did you say? And this isn't a club. It's a theater. Yeah. And he's a pro. Like, he's making millions of dollars off the show. Like, it's not a small thing. It's like, you don't talk. And uh, he, like, gave her a platform to say what she wanted to say. And then she yelled something out. And he was like, oh, you're just fucking drunk. Shut the fuck up. And then she kept talking. And then the crowd, everyone started going, shh. And then he was like, you shut up, too. Everyone's trying to make this about them. And it's about me. Shut the <laughs> fuck up. And oh, like, I've never seen that. It was so great. And then the bouncer got up to, like, try to take care of the situation and he was like you sit down i got this you know like his poise was just like i've been doing this for 30 years she'll be fine i just need to stop giving her attention and you need to stop giving her attention right and they moved on and it was really funny um uh wow there was like one more oh i think one of my favorite bits that both um my date and i died laughing at was like he was like, we all have two parents. 
<laughs> okay. The first thing you said that was really funny, and then I'll let you go. I'm so sorry. He said, uh, he said, semen isn't gay. Semen is just semen. <laughs> and he, he was talking about how, like, like a, like a semen entering somebody's asshole and just being like, why is there shit here? What am I doing here? Uh, and it was just a really smart way of like having that like conversation about biology versus right. like ethics and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't Nurture offensive. It really wasn't. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was really funny. Um, but then the other thing he said uh, was like, we all have two parents and the better one dies really soon. What? And the one you hate lives forever and they won't fucking die. <laughs> like that was the premise of the joke. And my date and I looked at each other and we were just dying laughing because both our dads died and left us with our moms who we love so much. Mm. We do. But he was like, the parent that lives, they just don't go away ever. Like ever. And, uh, He's talking about how his dad's in a nursing home, and he's like, I just don't get why we are all trying to keep him alive. Like, what is he doing? All he's doing is eating and shitting. That's all he's doing. And uh, it was really dark and really funny. Fuck. But, yeah. Damn, dude. I haven't seen a new Louis C.K. special in, like, four or five years, probably. Bro, I'll email you my link. His Bro. last two are so funny. Yes. Please. So great. Dude, okay. hold on. Did you watch Horace and, or Horace and Pete? No. I'm afraid to watch it. Why? Because it seems really intense. Dude, it's so fucking good. It's like... It's up, it's up there in my top ten, for sure, favorite shows. It's so fucking good. I'm pretty sure it's one of his favorite things he's ever produced. Like, it might... It might I don't know. In a way, it's better than Louie. Which, which I also hold in high regard. Probably also in my top ten shows of all time. Wow. So fucking good. I, I recommend it. You should watch it. You should watch it, and then we should come back and talk about it. Okay. We can do, all like, right. an episode or something. Yo, this has been a lovely ep of Thursdays Sir. with Quinn Dean on Unkempt. Because uh, you fucked up the first one. <laughs> Damn, that's true. So so do it the second time. <laughs> Unkempt, I'm kidding, but not I love uncut. You. Unkempt but not uncut. Sorry, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have to blurt that out. Okay. Blessings. Blessings. And curses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we should both stop this at the same time, too. Ready? Okay. One, two, three, yeah.